Welcome, people. This is the Temple Number Seven podcast. This is episode one with Kevin and John. I'm Kevin. I'm John. Man, I'm uh, I'm so happy to do this. I've always wanted to do something that's conversational. Um, we just talk about a wide range of topics and things of that nature. Um, and uh, we plan to have a lot of a lot of fun, a lot of deep conversation, all kinds of stuff going forward. But for this inaugural episode, if that's the right word for it, um, I don't know. Is that the right word for it? Oh well, yeah, I guess if <laughs> yeah, well, it's just this is our, our, our welcoming episode. You yeah, know, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, but you know, we have an election coming up, yeah. right? So um, you and I were having a lot of conversations about the vote in this country. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, we're going to have a special guest um, who has a lot of knowledge on this subject, who's going to come on and, and you know, set us right, give his opinion, things of that, whatever you want to say, right? So we'll get to that at some point. But first, I want to introduce people to why we want to have this conversation, you know, and both of us, you know, young guys, but old enough that we saw the rock the voter, voter die initiative back when everybody wanted Bush out of office. Right. Now there's everywhere you look, whether it's a, 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 a NBA basketball court, mm-hmm. a NFL football field, commercials, the Instagram pages of celebrities, mm-hmm. everything is vote, 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 vote. Right. Yeah. And it's a very volatile time. Uh, it, it, when we speak about the climate of our society, you know, uh, everyone seems on edge and everybody wants to change. And, yeah. <laughs> um, that, that change seems to want to, uh, you know, it's outside of each individual as opposed to their responsibility. So, I know we've had discussions offline, uh, offline about um, our positions on this, mm-hmm. and um, you know it, it's concerning to uh, as to what the true agenda behind these uh, promotions, these voting promotions, are. So mm-hmm. uh, I personally suspect um, that there is some um, um, there, there is some some mild malice behind this this all <laughs> and some madness, um, and and the, I think. Many of the people are misinformed, miseducated, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, it could possibly manifest into something more uh, catastrophic than we're aware of. But catastrophic in the sense of um, we're still not handling what needs to be handled. That has to be done by us, the citizens. And um, so just wanted to touch on a few things that I felt that um, this voting push is absent of, mm-hmm. or at least um, people are not aware of, they're not taking into consideration. Mm-hmm. One of my concerns is that there is a heavy promotion of extreme police brutality, of course, COVID-19, and other forms of despair uh, that are projected in the media. Mm-hmm. Um, what this tends to do is give people a bleak view of the environment around them, and it um, encourages them to seek um, change outside of their own responsibility. So mm-hmm. this leads to um, even more of a lack of accountability within the citizens. There's more of us than them in terms of politicians. Yeah. So we have to behold ourselves accountable to build our own I would say there's even more of us in the sense of just people who, regular everyday people who just want good things for themselves and for their family. 
um, than like people who want to hurt other people as well. Uh, absolutely. No doubt. And, and the, the crazy thing about that is that when you have somebody that has um, bad intentions, you know, because you don't see the basis of their intentions, um, they have an element of control. Um, mm-hmm. they, they, their, their positions are in secret, which is, which is a, a very strong uh, advantage that they may hold. It means that they can plot and do things without you knowing it, give you information. And, and that's the scary thing about it. I, I think that is the very <laughs> position that we are in as American citizens. Um, but we're told that we have to drop a ballot and all this will go away. So what say you to the person who would say, and, and, and let's be clear here that voting for you is not like, explain your position on voting really quick so that people, listeners can further understand why it is that you're saying what you're saying. Well, uh, I, just as much what I was kind of getting to was that, uh, you know, I think we look outside of ourselves for change and, Mm-hmm. And I think that is always a recipe for disaster in our own lives uh, because only we are responsible for our lives, um, mm-hmm. especially once we get to a certain age. Um, you know, we have you know, we have to be responsible for our tasks at work. If we have families, we have to be responsible as the head of the family. Mm-hmm. Suggesting that if I place a, a vote for a particular candidate, all these things that I'm experiencing in my reality mm-hmm. are going to somehow change instantly mm-hmm. and I think TV has a, that this candidate changes these r- things that you see exactly. this candidate will change the police brutality right this yeah. candidate will change this thing and that thing and other things that you brought up and, and, and so with that with that dynamic people will shortcut the information that they put into their their minds mm-hmm. and assume that that is the position that even the candidate they're voting for is taking mm-hmm. so I think we're misaligned with that's that's the, kind of deep what you say right there, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, is it, that sometimes you do kind of get it in your mind that this person's policies will match your your real desires, yeah. um, but a lot of times what we don't realize is that a person's policies a lot of times fly in the face of the things that they say. Yeah. Um, a good example, currently, you know, um, there's going to be pushback from Biden supporters on this on this subject, but Biden has been. Biden was instrumental um, in, uh, in in pretty much the policies that we got that caused a lot of over-policing, over-jailing, things of that nature. Um, and we see police brutality, and he's becoming the face of change of that versus Trump, despite having a political history on record of voting for uh, policies that have hurt black and brown people. Absolutely. And, and that, that that is a clear example. And then we see the same kind of uh, push and pull even with Trump as we approach Election Day, mm-hmm. where, you know, we've had the biggest dip in our GDP mm-hmm. in history. Mm-hmm. And now the you know, over these uh, quarter three, uh, we've had, you know, a surge in uh, in our economy. Mm-hmm. And suddenly that's a talking point or that's a reason why you should vote for him mm-hmm. because, uh, we've had this spike, the greatest spike in history, as he would say. Mm-hmm. And those hyperbolic, hyperbolic statements will catch a listener. Mm-hmm. They'll be enthralled by it and cast their vote. Now, I'm not I'm not Trump or Biden by any stretch, but I'm just des- describing a measure that a politician will use to draw a vote. And again, if they're if you're if you're not wise to the tactic, 
you'll realize, well, hey, if if we dip so low and we suddenly get back to baseline, then that spike isn't anything. We're just back at baseline. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? The mm-hmm. best day. So you got to be very uh, discerning when you take on this information. And the media, I've said this countless times, the media, corporate America, the government, they all somehow are in cahoots with one another yeah. to where a message can be dispensed to the people and blind them just enough to garner a vote to uh, have them take on a position to create chaos, mm-hmm. which, again, gives somebody else element control, gives somebody else power. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I, that concerns me in, in voting, so that's, that's, that's my position on voting. I think voting, not that it's a bad thing, not that we I'm an anarchist, not that I don't feel we need policing. Of course we do. Mm-hmm. But in the way that it's, it's been structured in this country over time, it has drifted from its roots. Mm-hmm. And here we are in 2020 seeking reform, but not looking for within ourselves to make changes. And I, I just want to say really quick that I think that um, demagoguery was was something that I believe Socrates or one of those um, uh, white men from the past uh, whose opinions, you know what I mean, uh, we hear all the time uh, suggested or or. Um, or uh, or predicted that demagoguery would uh, would essentially be the downfall of uh, uh, of democratic governments yeah. that uh, a populace of people uninformed, unintelligent, maybe even right, would make demagoguery the way of the politician because actual results would not matter anymore just kind of what you could get people to believe, you know right. what I mean? And it, it feels like that's, that's where we are that now a, a, in a, in a, in a, in a nation of democracy, which we aren't a real democracy where we're a constitutional Republic, but democracy is what we hear is what we believe in. As far as our political system, we are in the era of just demagoguery. It feels like, and, and now I want to let you get back to what you yeah, said. Well, I mean, no, it, it, precisely. You know, and again, I think that just removes the element of the real factors that create the issues in our society. Mm-hmm. For instance, if we look at the mental health component that certainly it's, it's addressed and we're aware of it. Mm-hmm. The numbers are out there. Yeah, the figures are out there. talk about it a lot now. Yeah, but, but just think about this. The 10th leading cause of death in the United States is suicide. Mm. Not homicide, suicide. <laughs> That's crazy, man. You know? Um, and... The, the danger in that suggests that there are other issues that are not addressed. Yeah. I once saw this meme that said a black man will say I'm good till he's depressed or I'm good his way into depression. Mm-hmm. So if you have people that are carrying out their feelings from depression via suicide, mm-hmm. then that also that, that suggests that other people are carrying uh, many issues. Just take note of these statistics. From 1999 to 2017, there was a 33% spike in suicides raised from 10.5 people suicides uh, per 100,000 people to 14 mm-hmm. per 100,000 people. 47,000 th- 47, deaths came by way of uh, suicides, which likely suggests that people had already been living with depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder, other personality disorders, other situations. Um, financial situations often lead to suicide. Mm-hmm. Uh, if is that... Uh, if that's a greater issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what about the 
um, 17.3 million people that are that do have depression clinically mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and other people that aren't diagnosed. Those people respond to their environment in a different way. Mm-hmm. And those people need help. Mm-hmm. We don't address that. We brush those people off as crazy. They have a problem. Um, and But guess what? They're still members of our society that need nurturing and care. And at the end of the day, that is the root to resolving all these problems is understanding and love and care. Now, that sounds all fluffy and, and, and spiritual and all kinds of things like that. But again, that forces you to look within yourself to resolve an issue as opposed to saying there is an issue. What's somebody else going to do about it? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, another concern is just the promotion, like going back to the media, is if we if all we see is the pr- police brutality and the shootings. Uh, and here's the thing. I'm not saying that there is a... It's 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 definitely um, a problem, you know. Um, you know, you want to assume that a police is going to be just in his approach to handling uh, an infraction. Mm-hmm. But um, are these police shootings that we see truly uh, as problematic in our environment as they're projected to be? Enough to where uh, uh, certainly police reform should come about just not even based on the police shootings, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's rooted in a catch a slave kind of a foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, it gives police the, the, the belief that they can act out in a, in a situation and be protected. You know, certainly that definitely is problematic. And these shootings and these killings are that we see on the news are, are exemplary of that. But if you look at the figures, there's a suggestion that maybe those are on the decline. They did peak at one particular time, mm-hmm. but the promotion is, hey, they're killing black people at an alarming rate. Now, to a degree, that's true. If you look at the killing police killings in 2018, um, there was a total of 996 police shootings mm-hmm. uh, where they shot and killed civilians. Mm-hmm. 209 of those were black men. Mm-hmm. 399 were white. Mm-hmm. 204 are unknown race. Now, I don't know what that means. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> now, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that but means that's a lot. either. That's a lot for some unknowns. You know, perhaps they're foreign or, you know, they're not from this country. Bro, I feel like that needs to be looked into. Yeah, like, but, who are the unknown races? That... It's probably, I, I, would, I would think that those are people not from this country or things of that nature. What you I, know? T- I tell you what I picture is like the cop per- just shot somebody and just like didn't, and they didn't even like it was just it I don't know I just picture like a homeless person being shot and them like looking at the body and I don't know what the yeah, f- yeah, you know yeah, what I mean this motherfucker's too ambiguous fuck it right <laughs> 2019 there was a spike a total of 1,004 mm-hmm. so it went up eight it was mm-hmm. eight more shootings and uh, 370 were white 235 mm-hmm. were black so definitely there was a spike there and a decrease in the white shootings 202 for the unknowns, they went down too. But in 2020, as of September 28th, you've had a total of 721 police shootings. Wow. 142 were black. Mm-hmm. Three, 287 were white. Mm-hmm. And 179 are unknown. Now, here we are with two months left to go in the year. I have a hard time believing that we're just going to have 270 more police shootings Mm-hmm. Shoot, shoot, police killings this year between now and and, and by the end of the year, anything's so possible. For but, for the most part, what you're saying is we're probably going to end on a 
on a low, right. on, a, on a significant uh, regression. Well, yeah, significant regression. Now it's, it's it's hard to say because this is only a, this is only depicting three years worth of time. Mm-hmm. So it's not it's not a it's not a whole lot of uh, um, what's the word to use uh, data. It's, it's not a lot. It's not a a big pool of data mm-hmm. that we were drawing from here. Mm-hmm. But I want to I want to address why are the police in these situations? You know, why um, would a police have to pull out his gun and shoot somebody? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I question I asked that with the with the tone of what response, what could have prevented a police from being in that situation to where he had to pull out his gun? And I, I mean, I've, I've often given I've often given this example of a buddy of mine. Are you about to say that the person's actions? Well, I feel that when we do things, there are consequences, good or bad. Mm-hmm. And if we put ourselves in compromising situations, we could have a good outcome or a bad outcome. Mm-hmm. But it's more than fifty percent chance that it's a bad outcome mm-hmm. if we're doing bad things. So I feel bad begets bad. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we see those things. Now, do we want a police officer to use brute uh, force in, 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 uh, in a situation? No. Mm-hmm. No, we don't. But when you're no, part of a, when you're part of a, uh, a contentious situation, when you've created that contentious situation, there's a high, a strong likelihood that a problem could manifest in any way that you're not anticipating. Right. So I feel like we got to have more of a conversation about this particular topic based on what I'm hearing you say, for sure. Yeah. But to bring it back around to how the vote, you know, is is intertwined into this situation, because it is. I agree with you that police brutality is being used as something to get our emotional response. And emotional responses can send people to the ballot box. So I agree with you. Especially with Democrats. Oh, especially. And... Um, because I feel like they've propped themselves up as the party of the people. And I think that the people have yet to really do an examination of what they've gotten out of trusting that the Democrat Party is the party for the people, opposed to the evil Republican Party that is racist and homophobes and sexist, and they only care about money. I think that um, when you actually look into the policies of the two, right? And these are just the two options that we have because of how our political system works. My research into the two leads me to believe that the Democrat Party is definitely lying to us about what their actual intentions are and their beliefs are and their ideology is, right? I call it out more than... People will hear me calling it out more than you will hear me calling out Republicans in the sense only because, though... It's important to me to call out what I think is so all these all this information that is misinformation. You know what I mean? But with with, with that being said, the emotional responses that the media is trying to get to send us to the ballot box, I think, is the issue. And therefore, I agree with what you're saying. I, But the devil's advocate is going to be the person who's like. How else do I change that? Because you're going to have a harder time convincing someone that I can that for, because even in the sense that like a cop is not judging jury, you know what I mean? Right. So even if you do something wrong, the only thing that that cop is supposed to do is apprehend you. Right. You know what I mean? Um, well, that depends. 
Yeah, in some cases, but I mean, if the cop is defending, feels that they must defend themselves, which is what most police brutality ends up being, or others, then that's when a lot of times brute force comes into play. But if you aren't putting the cop in a position, and and everybody who hears this is going to be thinking, well, there's a lot of black people who don't didn't put the cop in a position. The cop just said that you know he felt threatened, but he shouldn't have felt threatened. I really do genuinely feel like that's another conversation we'll end up on that forever. But with that being said. There's still going to be people who will say, well, my vote is what's going to change that. You know what I mean? I have to go out and and vote and remove the politician that supports a a police state, you know, and get in the politician who doesn't. What I found very interesting is um, it was Minnesota where George Floyd was was killed. The mayor there was booed off the stage when he wouldn't say that he supports defunding the police. Right. Democrat, of course. Right. That's not me. That's not one of those cases where I'm trying to vilify a Democrat. But I think that people must understand, though, that it's ways that this system works that makes it so that these people are never truly on your side. So there's where I think your point lies is that voting is important, but voting does not in the problems that we have, especially in this system. I would actually argue that what we need to make our vote more legit, more powerful in this country, we need more than two parties. So we aren't forced to be a monolith for one side because increasingly both sides are the same with just a few different foundational beliefs. Mm -hmm. But as far as how their actions and their votes and, 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 and their decisions, the way that they play out a lot of times has the same results for the average everyday American. Absolutely. Right. Um, the price of the price of food gross, you know, groceries and gas, it rises really no matter who's in office. Right. You know what I mean? Because the inflation that we're dealing with is a product of, the decisions of both parties when they're in power, when they're not in power, the things that they do in the Senate, the things that they do um, in, in the House of Representatives, the, the, their actual actions get us here on both sides. Right. So my thing is, I think we need more parties so that we can we can actually start to have those smaller interests. There can be a party for that, not a Democrat party that's being infiltrated and 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 fractured by a far left part of its party. You know what I mean? And then that's versus the, you know, uh, the more traditional, right? Or Republican Party that has a far right faction. You know what I mean? You, you know no, what I'm absolutely. saying? No, well, see, and that's the thing. We, we have that across the board in society. And it's just what it is, is it's sectioned off in the political realm. So mm-hmm. we're just seeing... Uh, you know, a, a smaller um, segment of what society is really like. I mean, because look here, the, the reality is you're going to have everyone, you're going to have people that are um, in the middle. You're going to have people that are going to have a, a position that is far different from yours. Mm-hmm. And then uh, even on the other side, you're going to have somebody that's going to have a far right position. Mm-hmm. And that's just, that's just how human beings are designed. You know, we, we we're individuals and we are, free to have that. The the unfortunate thing about that is it's in the political realm is that those are what we believe to be the decision makers. 
And um, we put a lot of faith and trust in them. And that is my uh, my issue with voting is that our that's where our faith lies. Mm-hmm. Our faith lies in someone else to make a decision when there's a lot of factors into there's a lot of factors that uh, determine what decisions those people can make, whether they made promises or not that they wanted to hold up. Yeah. And um, so I, I just don't buy the hype. Yeah, because in a sense, you're saying with the with the especially with the points that you brought up. If I behave better, I don't find myself being the person shot by the police. I'm not a part of the statistics if I behave better. There's a less likelihood. Mm -hmm. You know, anything could happen. I could walk out right now, police shoot me right in the face. It could happen. Mm -hmm. I'm not... you I can fit a description of a absolutely. dangerous psycho. It, it's happened to me before. I've been racially profiled before by the police and stopped and forced to sit on the curb, was treated as if I committed the crime. It's happened to me before. So I know. Mm-hmm. But I also know that that was because of people that didn't think like I think, didn't behave like I behave, put me in that position. Mm-hmm. I am treated like them because they want to go around and doing the bad things that they do overtly. You know what I'm saying? I'm not I'm not an angel by any stretch. Yeah, I think the tough thing about this kind of conversation though, um, is that in the for black people, we hold on to a belief that when we choose crime or things of that nature, we were forced into that place. That it was our only option. You know what I mean? And, you know, being vilified for it is something that I think I think it's unfortunate that we we seem to have taken a position of like wanting to defend our our actions and some of the negativity in our culture because we feel like we can blame it on um having our having our existence in this country beginning with slavery things of that nature i think that's the tough part to get over in a conversation like this absolutely but there are we're 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 close to bringing in our uh, our guest here, and I uh, I think maybe if we have the time we should ask him this. But I do want to bring up that because my position is a little bit different from yours. This particular year, I'm not feeling the 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 vote right. thing because I f- I feel I wasn't aware of it back when when it was happening with Bush because of my age. It didn't click to me what it was really about. Now I'm older and I'm seeing it and it clicks to me that this is really about just vote out Trump. Yeah. Right. Which could be what the country needs. You know what I mean? Um, whatever. You know what I mean? I, I'm not even here to argue with should he or should he not be right. the president. And, and that's the thing. If you know, we haven't had much discussion of picking sides. Right. It's been because more or less. I, I yeah. don't. It's been. Yeah. It's been more or less the. The tone, you know, the, the what do we feel about the voting as a right, whole? Right, right. And um, but yeah, in, in particular, this year um, smells as if you know there is there's an agenda behind. It, it, the yeah, push. because it is. It doesn't feel real. It feel yeah. like it's it's all about. It doesn't feel like it's about my right to vote. And you know what? Not enough people do it. And it doesn't matter who you vote for. You just need to go out and vote. Nobody's saying make sure you go out and vote for Biden when you see all this stuff. But it's obvious that in a media that is yeah. left leaning, um, you're seeing it in sports. Both the sports you're seeing it in are predominantly black, yeah. and black people vote almost ninety percent for Democrats. Right. You you can feel the undertones of we want you to vote so bad because we just want you to get this particular guy out of office. Right. 
I think that that it, it kind of bastardized what is, is what it's really about, yeah. because if it was really about voting for change, this would be something that we would see every two years when it's time to pick your local um, electives right. and things of that nature. Absolutely. And we would see it every four years, no matter who's in office. We didn't see this when Obama was in office because there wasn't a push that like, oh, my God, this guy got to go. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, well, certainly we saw it last election. Mm-hmm. In, the ter- in, in terms of, you know, we just can't let Hillary get in. It's, it almost seemed like that. But, you know, I, I, and I, I just want to just address the, the, the police br- brutality thing as it relates to voting. I, I, I say that I brought that up. Um, being a huge basketball fan, I love LeBron James, mm-hmm. but I, I'm very critical of how the promotion to vote came on the heels of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, mm-hmm. and uh, and and certainly protests related mm-hmm. to to those incidents. Um, it was really um, sewn into the fabric of the the NBA bubble. Uh, that everybody had to register to vote for a certain team. I believe it was the Clippers. They made mm-hmm. sure everybody on the team was a registered voter. Everybody had to wear um, voting shirts. And I, I just found that to be a little off-putting. Uh, yeah, being there's undertones of you must do this to vote out Trump. Right, and, and, and as if to say he's responsible for, you know, uh, the, the, these incidents that took place, mm-hmm. you know. I'm not, and I, I get it. Some people feel that he has incited uh, a new um, uh, a new racist mm-hmm. in the, in our community, or at least people that were at least closeted racist now have a voice. And he's empowered, tr- right? You know, he's racism empowered them. So, been- now look, I, I see you. This is about time. Uh, just wanted to introduce um, in, moment, in a moment. Uh, we do have a guest who is a political science major and has some very good insights on the uh, political. Uh, climate, and let's see here. we're gonna bring him into the show. Hello, hello, Cortez. Welcome to the show. I oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, so um, again, just to just to note that uh, Cortez is is very savvy with the uh, the political climate and and is a political science major, as stated earlier, and. Um, definitely wanted to pick his brain and, and get his take on um, what he feels about the, the current uh, election season that we're that's upon us. Uh, Cortez, how you doing today? I'm doing well. Very good, man. Uh, and so I take it that you're you're you've already voted. Already voted. Voted okay. Monday. Okay, very good. Nice. And one of the things I wanted to why is voting just so important to you? Why should it be important to us? Voting should be important to everyone because everyone has issues. Um, everyone has viewpoints. So police reform, are you big for police reform or not? Uh, definitely. Uh, we definitely need some changes to uh, how things are orchestrated in our and uh, how we police civilians and uh, address crimes and things of that nature. But yeah. So I say voting is a part of everyone. Anyone who has a problem in the United States with how things are done. They should go out and vote, or they should go out and volunteer to try to change things. What specifically do you feel? Well, perfect example. Let's take uh, Ferguson, Missouri, for example. And we're sticking on African-Americans voting. So 67% of them are African-American, and 29% are white. So the voting turnout for Ferguson, Missouri, was extremely low for African-Americans. And then if you look at the way the policing was done— 
for them. African Americans were seven times more likely to get pulled over by cops versus Caucasians. And the reason why is because sheriffs were elected through elections. You had judges elected through elections. That played a key part of how policing was done in Ferguson, Missouri. Okay. So currently, you know, it seems like there's a huge push. Uh, we, you just before we got on the line with you, we were talking about the NBA and how um, there was a huge promotion to get out there and vote. Uh, in the past, we've had P. Diddy have had a had a promotion, vote or die. Um, with this current agenda, and I'll say agenda with with quotation marks, is this more about exercising your right to vote or? Is it about getting our current president out of office? A little bit of A and a little bit of B, I believe. <laughs> I believe it's right to exercise uh, the vote and also to get the president out of office. He's just so extremely unpopular, especially in the uh, minority community. That I think everyone's going all out, especially with everything that's going on with the COVID pandemic and policing, to try to push him out, along with Republicans in the Senate and Congress. So... One thing I'd, I'd, I'd like to ask you really quick, uh, by the way, I'm, um, this is uh, Kevin, uh, the co-host of the podcast. Um, nice to meet you. Um, you one, one thing I want to ask you really quick, it, it, it popped in my mind before we got you on the phone. I am of the belief uh, that in this particular year, the focus being so much on, uh, as you said, A and B, um, to talk about B for a second, that the focus seems to be that we must remove Trump for all, from office, right? Um, I'm not a person who wants to pick sides politically. I really, uh, uh, it's just not who I am personally, right? Um, I could vote for a Republican. I could vote for a Democrat. It really wouldn't matter to me. It, it's 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 truly about policy. With that being said, just to explain my, my kind of position there, I am a person who believes that at this particular time, the idea that we must remove one person for people who are misinformed, it means that they will go out and vote for another. And I, I'm looking for the evidence that that would actually bring about change or some of the things that people are looking for. What do you say uh, 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 to me to, to that point that voting just to get one person out of office how effective of a vote is that vote? That's not an effective vote at all. Mm -hmm. But I think it's more of, it's uh, less of getting Trump out of office and more of getting the Republicans who support Trump out of office. Mm -hmm. so let's take the, have you guys heard of the Lincoln Project? I have heard of it, but I would, I would love to hear you expand on it. I'm sure you're going to gonna come with something. So out of Lincoln Project, um, they're, these are historically Republicans. One mm -hmm. of them actually helped, um, one of them actually worked on the 2008 campaign mm -hmm. for John McCain. And um, they just don't like Trump. And what they focus on is uh, not just Trump. They focus on the senators who support his legislation, who back him up, mm -hmm. and who didn't try to impeach him. So they focused on Susie Collins, which is a battleground state in Maine. She's a Republican. Lindsey Graham is another one. Mitch McConnell, who's probably going to win. Mm -hmm. oh, so they focus on those Republicans trying to push them out and push Democrats in who aren't going to do uh, Trump's legislation or hold things up if Joe Biden gets elected. Mm -hmm. The big thing, though, is like you kind of said, just getting a president out of office isn't going to change anything. Mm -hmm. You need to um, – if you're unhappy with the president, you probably want to switch the whole party. 
you want to get your party in. Mm-hmm. So can I ask one more thing okay. before we go back to one of your uh, t- to your other questions, John? Um, I was speaking on, on, a, on another thing before we got uh, before we got you on the line that uh, I want to ask you. I am of the belief, being a person who doesn't feel comfortable picking one side of of our political system, what is it possible? And how can we ever get to a system that includes more parties that have an actual shot to win? Everything that I've done as far as researching this makes me feel like it'll never be possible. That's number one, if you can answer that. And number two, what is your belief on a ranked voting system um, that would also change that idea that we, uh, 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 of just voting for one versus another? Well, I agree with you. The way, so we have other parties. So we have the Green Party, we have a Libertarian right. Party. We've had other parties in the past, Socialist Party, Progressive Party. It's probably unlikely that we're ever getting candidate like that elected because what ends up happening is take the green party for example mm-hmm. the democrats will just absorb ideas from the green party and add it to theirs and basically the green party or their policies just become democratic policies for right. the most part right same thing with libertarian if you look at Rand paul Rand paul is a libertarian but he's running as a republican or bernie right. sanders is the best example um bernie sanders isn't a democrat he's a socialist democrat that's what he runs as right so I don't think we're ever get to a successful third party who actually has a chance to win. Maybe not in my lifetime or yours. Right, definitely. Because not. they're always going to get absorbed in the Republican or Democrat party. So those ideas will get taken and go to the Republican or Democrat. So well, I don't what sucks see about that, that though is that sometimes also the better part of those ideas become suppressed by the by that governing uh, uh, party's platform. You know what I mean? Which which I think is also unfortunate. Um, but how, how do you, th- so what do you think about a, um, I could be uh, saying it wrong, but like a ranked voting system where you you can have A, B, C, D, and, and it, what I've, what, what we've learned is that it, 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 it makes the, the people who run work together more so. Well, no, not necessarily. Other countries do do that, but mm-hmm. the problem with a ranked voting system is you do get more extremist groups that come out. So there's there's other countries in Europe that have more extreme groups, if that makes sense. So let's just say the Tea Party, if they had a ranked voting system, mm-hmm. they would actually be able to have seats in Congress or in the Senate. Okay, I mean, uh, all right, we got we got to do some more. Uh, we got to do some more digging on that subject. I want to kick it back to John. Okay, yeah. So just going back to the the, the current uh, issues and you know. If you say you say if we want change, if anybody in this country wants change, then it's important that we have, uh, you know, a particular candidate that supports our uh, vouchers for change. With that being said, what are each of the candidates most impactful policies that could possibly enact change uh, almost immediately or sooner than later? It depends what you think change is. If you're a conservative, maybe you don't want change. Maybe you kind of want things to stay the same. But the biggest thing for conservatives, I believe, is probably uh, the Affordable Care Act, known as Obamacare. Mm-hmm. Most people know that. So they want to. The big thing is removing that for them. So that would be the biggest impact of change for, I would say, Republicans in this election. Mm-hmm. And then for the Democrats, it's, it has to be police reform. That's their biggest thing. That's what they've been running on, police reform. 
and basically trying to keep uh, Obamacare and expanding universal uh, health care. What, what, what is your thoughts on that, though? Because my, my, is it is it is it unfair? And, and, and I'm and I'm I just I mean this question, you know, I'm, I'm really not trying to be sarcastic or anything. Is it unfair to say I don't believe that a party that fought so hard for police reform to the negative in the way that this affected the black community truly cares about changing any of that because so many, so many of these figures, uh, you look at Kamala Harris, who, I mean, she ref- she refused to uh, to to uh, repeal a decision that sent a black man to, to prison that was proven to be innocent. Um, she has a long history of uh, of of uh, putting people in jail for uh, offenses of marijuana and things of that nature, and 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 then she laughingly says, "Oh yeah, I used to smoke. I, I smoke once." It's I have an issue with that. Like, how do we trust that police reform is so important to a party that you know was calling black people super predators a decade ago? Well, let's go back to the um, 94 crime. Let's go to the 94 crime bill. Mm-hmm. The big part about that is, to be fair to a lot of these people, Joe Biden, um, people like to throw Hillary Clinton in it too. Uh, um, the big thing is, it was backed by black mayors. So it's not just, it's not like black people weren't having a voice. This was popular for black mayors at the time. It's just the way it was laid out and the way it happened targeted black people. Let's take Stop and Frisk, for example, which is real popular in New York. The bill itself didn't target black people. Is this how it was used? So that's it. But uh, you know, I can I can talk about this forever. No, but I, I, I think so. Uh, what 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 do you feel has to happen as, as far as police reform? Because obviously, that's the you know we spoke about you, how. Wait. Well, the well the problem is we just had to keep pressure. We had to keep pressure pressure on the people we vote in. So if they're not doing what we want, we vote them out and we find someone who actually does it. Mm-hmm. So that's a big thing. So if the Democrats don't, the Democrats don't follow through and they have control of the House and the Senate after elections, you vote them out. Don't vote for them for another election. I mean, that's how you would handle that. Uh, and I think that's where, um, you know, the issue comes, at least for me, is when, when we talk about voting as a whole, because it, it's always going to be a crapshoot. Um, you know, you're going to have um, policy, you know, you're going to have uh, a candidate make promises or state what they, you know, state what the people want to hear. And uh, the challenges come into play once they're in office. As far as the Republicans and the the policies that they want to uh, implore, how do you feel that that is uh do you feel this is uh, possible for them to be successful with their claims? Honestly, um, it's probably more likely they'll be successful with their claims versus the Democrats. They've been, in my opinion, they've been kind of more upfront of what they want. They don't mm-hmm. want as much police reform as uh, the Democrats. It seems more realistic in some ways. Uh, by, by that, do you mean um, just the popularity of movements like uh, defunding the police and things of that nature? Well, yeah, you, you're not going to defund the police. So Republicans are strongly opposed to defunding the police. I've heard any Republican at all say right. they're for defunding the police. Right. 
But you have Democrats who know you can't defund the police or don't want to defund the police. But mm -hmm. because it's a popular movement, they're going to say we're going to defund the police or we're going to look to allocate certain programs to uh, different things to take away from the police. Right. So the likelihood of that happening is very low. Yeah. So I mean, in that sense, you don't see the Republicans say defund the police. We're going to do these social programs. We're going to do the, these other social programs. So they don't have a lot to accomplish when it comes to our police reform versus the Democrats who are getting all these promises. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I, I agree with that 100 percent. Cortez, when it comes to the influence that the media has on uh, our citizens here in the United States, how much information do you think people have? in order to make a solid decision on what candidate they uh, seek to vote in? I don't, I feel like in today's age with the cell phones, social media and everything, people don't look for information. They look for affirmation. People just want their, yeah, they want point. to look for a news source that just basically approves their idea or says their idea is okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. Yeah, that that's a great well point. Said. So, with that being, do you do you take that same? Um, do you feel that's the same when we look at the NBA and how um, there was a huge that, push to get out there and vote? Absolutely, the NBA, in my opinion, I love the NBA, but they're a little bit of hypocrites because they did do a poll, and I think it was twenty three percent of NBA players were only registered to vote. Mm -hmm. But you see, all these NBA players are telling people to go out and vote, but they're definitely not voting. It was only twenty three percent of them registered to vote. Wow. So I think in Hollywood in general, just in the whole sports world, it is this whole movement to try to be cool, to try to fit in. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you kind of hop on, like, go out and vote or police reform or this stuff. I don't think a lot of the players actually believe the shit they're saying. Mm -hmm. It's it's more of trying to appeal to the common man or trying to appeal to the community, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. For me, I think... A, a big reason that we wanted to do this podcast on this subject, obviously, um, the vote is right around the corner. November 3rd is right around the corner. Right. Um, you know, John has the position that, you know, voting doesn't really change our daily lives that much and that people must, you know, uh, take on that themselves. And my position is that I think that voting is important, but that in a in a in an election year where it seems that the agenda behind the push for it is just to vote out one person, as we said before, I think that it 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 it, it really um, it it kind of just takes away from what that right to do this is all about. Do you I have like, um, go ahead? I feel like historically, though, when we have a Republican president in office, even going all the way back to uh, Reagan, we mm -hmm. always have this big movement that, right. oh, we have to vote them out. If we don't vote them out, everything's lost. Right. Now, I think this more presence a little more off than the other uh, recent Republican presidents, but mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember 2004's election, P. Diddy famously said, vote or die. Basically, yeah, they yeah. made it like it was the end of the world. If you don't vote or Bush gets reelected, America's done for. Right. And then four years later, we get a, the first African-American president. But do you not see, I think there's something wrong with that. Just in general, I think there's something wrong with the fact that every time a Republican is in office, uh, we must vote or our lives are over. But it, it, it isn't as if we see 
as as you said, I think that it's it's kind of par for the course for the Democrat Party to have, to overpromise and underdeliver. And then on the other side, you have a party that you know the general public. You know, I think that if we went to a popular vote, Democrats would win every election. You know, you have um, highly populated areas on the East Coast and the West Coast being blue, totally blue. Right. Um, so it comes to the population of America. I feel like there are uh, we sympathize with that side. Um, can you offer any ideas on what our vote is and how it could be stronger and how it could be more effective? That's just something I want our listeners to hear from someone as 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 uh, qualified as yourself. Well, if you want the vote to matter more, I think. Start looking at midterm elections and local elections. I think if you just look at the number of people who actually vote for the general election for the president versus your midterm elections, your local elections, the numbers just drop off hugely. And I think people don't realize how important local elections are. Those are the sheriff's elections, our mayor elections, just places like that. I think Joe Biden getting elected president is not going to help Baltimore City. They need to look more at, you know, your local elections. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think that's I think that's the bigger problem with their inner city. They're not looking at the small elections. They're not and they're not looking at making a difference. A lot of people just think the politicians are going to make the difference for them. And a lot of times you got to get out and do the work yourself if you really want change. Right. I agree with that. We're we're about uh, we're we're about 10 minutes out um, from having you on here. Wanted to let John go ahead and um, fill out. Uh, this time with some more questions. No, I mean, it, you you actually touched on something that I, you know, I, I feel very strongly about is, you know, the social accountability um, about how we should operate in order for whatever uh, legislation or policy to really take a positive, have a positive effect on our environment. How much, um, and I guess, again, that, that kind of piggybacks on the question I had for you about media and its influence. What do you suggest needs to change with your average citizen that um, says, hey, we need Biden to make these changes? What what would a message that you have to them? What would be a message that you have for those kind of people that feel that uh, a a presidential candidate should make the changes for me? If you think a presidential candidate is going to make changes for you, look at their policies. And then during the midterm election or when your local Senate election is there. Look who matches up with the candidate, your president. So that's the biggest thing. So look at Barack Obama. His first term, he had Democrats with him um, in Congress and Senate, and then it changed to Republican control. Basically, he was a lame duck president for a while. He was able to get some stuff done his first two years, and after that, he was unable to get anything done. So if you want your candidate to be successful, look for other candidates in the Congress and Senate that are going to back his policies. That's my suggestion to people. Don't just look at the general election. Look at the midterm election, too. That's a great point. That's a great. Very tough to do, though. Like, I just feel like you're opening up so many realities and and just how tough it is. And realistically speaking, though, no one um, no one's going to look at a candidate with every single little thing about them, about Um, where they stand in like 1996 on this bill or that bill. You're making the best, uh, you know. You're making the best decision from the information you're given. Mm-hmm. So luckily we have internet now um, where we can kind of look at some of their bills in the past mm-hmm. versus where we're just guessing on TV. I, I feel like 
media has less influence now in some ways because we can do our own research. It's just we're lazy. We're too lazy to do our own research. We depend more on Twitter or what we see on Facebook versus the information that's given to us. We don't have to go to a library anymore. We don't have to look at old newspapers or anything. We can mm-hmm. literally just type the name in and go to um, websites to find it or go well, to the voting record, which is not biased at all. And let's, let's hope that doesn't change. I, it, one thing I worry about... And, uh, especially when it comes to voting and, and my vote, one thing that makes me feel like I, the, what makes me emotional wants to get me out to vote is just kind of the impact of social media and um, where we could end up going with that. I mean, uh, uh, them setting themselves up as the arbiter of truth. I think it'd be a scary day if you go if you try to Google something on a Biden or Trump and you can't find it because Google has decided that you shouldn't be able to. That 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 worries me a lot. Right. And there's been a debate show with Republican about um, basically your Twitter, your Facebook is biased to them when it comes to news information. Mm-hmm. Hey, we, we uh, I, I think that uh, that New York, uh, the uh, and don't let me get it. Correct me if I'm wrong. Was it New York Times or was it uh, or was it the Washington Post who did the Biden story, the Hunter Biden story? Washington, was, it was the Washington, Washington Times. Washington uh, the, Times, yeah. Washington Times and the. Um, New York Post that did the Hunter Biden story. Mm-hmm. But there's, well, the problem with that is if you look at it, whether Republican or Democratic, we're just being honest, there is so dis- there is so much disinformation with that story. If you actually read it, do your research, that it's not worth publishing if you're an actual real news organization, if you're being honest. Well, yeah, I would I would have to learn more about what it is, um, uh, what, what some of those specifics are before I before I, uh, you know, before we get into that and then we get into a whole nother story, but because you can get sidetracked on these kind of conversations so easily. But um, John, did you have anything else? No, I, I think we touched a lot of, I mean, Cortez, you've been great. Um, like I said, I, I, you and I have talked offline about some of these topics and that's why you're you're here. We definitely appreciate um, your, in, your input. It has been very informative. Um, certainly changed my mind a bit on voting, um, especially in the local. Yeah, I can almost see the, the, the <laughs> I can almost see the wheels turning in your head when, when, when we were having the conversation, to be honest. Um, but still, as, as far as this, this current election, it does seem a little, little funky, you know, but, um, Cortez, you've been great. Yeah, I was, I was glad to have you. This was, yeah. this was really good. I think it'd be good for our listeners as well. Yeah. So you've been very informative. We thank you. And um, certainly, perhaps if there's a discussion down the line, we can we can have you back. Definitely. Thank you for having me. All right, Cortez. Thank you very much. Enjoy your weekend. Okay. You too. Have a good one, guys. All right. Yeah, man. So that was that was pretty good, man. Absolutely. Uh, Definitely, I I could see the wheels turning. (laughs) Oh, okay. That was a good point. That was a good point. No, no, definitely. One of the one of obviously, I like this. I said it when he said it. People look for. Affirmation, not information. information. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So what kind of things changed in your mind as you listened to Cortez's opinion on some things? I mean, you've heard it before about how important your local government is. But when you do talk right. about the sheriffs and the judges, those are, those people do have immediate impact on mm-hmm. our lives. So, yes, mm-hmm. I definitely feel I, that encourages me to get out there and 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 evaluate what those people's, you know, the judges and sheriffs and that almost can enact immediate reform to the policing in that environment. Mm -hmm. I still feel that that, you know, promotion of voting is still void of our responsibilities Mm -hmm. um, as, as, as citizens and being civil, you know, um, 
but still, uh, I did. I, I really liked a lot of the points he made when it came to local government, and certainly um, trying to hold somebody to a bill that they may have been a part of twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it probably may or may not apply today. We never, we never, we'll never know until that person's in office. Yeah, which again, that's why I wanted to ask the. Uh, that's why I wanted to ask him that question. Like, how fair is it? To say I can't trust a Democrat to do uh, uh, any kind of police reform when they pass bills that that disproportionately affected right. uh, certain parts of society, I don't know if I can be that person though that that forgets. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, indeed, and, and especially if if the circumstances still exist mm-hmm. that we're feeling the residual effects. Mm-hmm. Uh, of that, you know, then this it's, it's impossible to forget because it's still live and in action. Yeah, for me, uh, if you ever thought it was okay to police neighborhoods the way that they were policed or create policies that could hurt people the way that they hurt people in real life, even if it wasn't intended to be a certain... Because I am one of those people where I believe Cortez's point that it wasn't intended to hurt black people. Because I'm not one of those people that believes that in our modern society that the basis of laws are like, how can we affect black people? I think that there's a, a big thought that that is how things work. I, I I simply don't agree. And I know a lot of people would cuss me out for saying that. But well, the, the fact of the matter is black people aren't the only people that are policed in this country. Right. Right. You know, now in reality, just as percentage wise, like I said, as we discussed with these cop shootings mm-hmm. now, if you want to, if you're taking 13 to 15 percent of the population of being black, and um, in 2019, 235 of the 1,004 people uh, people that were shot by police were black, mm-hmm. then yeah, there's a there's there's a disproportionate right. amount of black people that are to killed by comparison. Yes. Yes. Right, right, so, right. But again, that speaks to the the areas where they're being policed. Mm-hmm. What these police are subjected to mm-hmm. uh, in those environments. Again, you have a, a conflict of uh, perspectives there, where you you know police might feel, hey, I got to protect myself, and a black man might say, hey, these police shoot cops, mm-hmm. uh, shoot uh, these police shoot people, yeah. shoot black people. So it's always going to be contentious. Uh, but again. I feel that, um, and look, it's really hard to say. I, again, I, I think that goes back to our attitudes as citizens as, are we going to, um, violence begets violence, racism begets racism. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think when we, when somebody decides to take on the, uh, the reins of uh, creating spiritual and emotional changing of our environment, then we can, we can probably get somewhere. But the likelihood of that happening in this moral situation in this environment uh, it seems very unlikely, and it forces us again to rely on external uh, outlets to take th- take care of things, namely the president. Mm-hmm. And you know that that that's still concerning to me because, again, like Cortez was saying, there's not a heavy promotion for people to get out there and vote for the local. There is, mm-hmm. and the people that I mean, I'm gonna give you a prime example. Uh, a buddy of mine complains about the the HOA situation. Mm-hmm. He has all the ability to get out there and take part in those HOA meetings and mm. and influence change. Mm. Does he do it? That's right down the street from him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So and, no, I, and I don't do it. Yeah. You and, know, and I yeah. complain about things on a local level. I was having a political conversation with, with family um, just about a week or two ago. Right. And I said to them, mo- they, they've all lived in the County. 
uh, for a long time. And in counties, you don't see things change drastically. I feel like Montgomery County is one county in, in Maryland where you do. Probably where, so, like yeah. there's probably some like very noticeable changes that happen at that local level. But when you're in a city, things seem to change every year, every couple yeah. years. And, and so much of it seems to happen without your input, you know, right. and it's like, yeah. but you can get involved. Right. You know what I mean? And I don't. But I but I'm aware that the, I've made a decision not to. And it's almost like when people say, well, if you didn't vote, when you can't say anything. And Cortez brings up great points on that because and, and you bring up an even better one that. It's not even just voting at a local level, the involvement, you mm. know, so much of this stuff happens. We get flyers all the time. I get them in my mailbox that there's a meeting about what's going on right here in these mm. in these four square blocks that truly will affect me. And I look at it and I just kind of throw it away or I sit it there on the, on the, on the table and I never touch it. Yeah. And to your point that, that when you ask, do you see, you see the wheels turn, turning or what am I thinking about? That is the kind of things like, man, maybe I should step out there and do something mm -hmm. instead of assuming that there's nothing that can be done, mm -hmm. you know, other than, you know, be a good person and mm -hmm. love your fellow man. I feel those are, those, those are just kind of foundational because this, because what, what can it hurt? to take upon yourself to be involved in local conversations and like, and I'm, and I'm truly asking you that, like if you're on a spiritual journey, right. Of whatever proportion, you know, I want to, I want to wake up earlier. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to be happier. I'm going to meditate. Are you taken away from that? By saying if, if if another one of your concerns is your grass hasn't been cut and the city's supposed to do it, you know what I mean? Right. I'm going I'm to go to this meeting. Are you really taking away from that? Can you not do both? Absolutely not. You're 100% right. You definitely can do both. In fact, your participation will allow for your practices, your personal practices to influence others. Mm. So your energy, and that's the thing, that allows for, you know, that's why I'm glad we got Cortez on here today because it did uh, incite that kind of thought process of how your your particular energy, if you were building yourself, then you could influence using uh, however you're advancing in your own life. You can mm -hmm. use that energy to create change and influence. It's important. So, um, yeah, we I think that is the the the, the, the basis for for change is to understand yourself, mm -hmm. one, and understand your community. And if there's an opportunity to, to reach out and, and make some things happen, then that's, you know, take part, you know. So now, but going back to, you know, being that we started this podcast, you know, around the time of the presidential election day, mm -hmm. um, there's still a feeling inside of me that says now that doesn't matter as much mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, you're going to have so few people uh, you're you're going to share your vote with people, so many people mm -hmm. that are not taking, you know, they're not seeking to better their lives, they're not seeking to participate in in in, in, uh, in the happenings in their environment to make mm -hmm. any drastic change, and they are looking. I mean, you even see that in the attitudes of the. It's more of a gimme, gimme, gimme mm -hmm. type of attitude with many people. Um, I feel if all those people are so. Uh, Influence to just vote on a uh, 
you know, on the presidential during the presidential election, then I, I don't feel that 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 like I said, I feel that's diluted. That the, the position is diluted um, to where it's you know we'll see effective measures, and then we have to wait four years to make an additional change. Yeah, I think that I mean I think that's very legitimate, and it's interesting because you I, I felt the energy from the idea that you know what, at a local level, some things can be affected. And you know what, when I vote in certain people, that's a chair at the House, that's Mm -hmm. a chair at the Senate. And it matters when it comes to the agenda of the president, where you have an ability to stop that agenda by putting in people who would stop it, or you have the uh, ability to support that agenda by voting in people who support it. And I think when you go back up to that level of the prayer meeting, you start there and you start to come down, start to feel hopeless. You yeah. start to feel hopeless again. Like, damn, like that's when it, it starts to feel like it doesn't matter again, yeah. even though quite Absolutely. clearly it does. And one, one of those things, I'm, um, uh, Cortez is no longer on the line to defend himself. Right. But one of the things I felt myself in disagreeance about, um, is on that subject that if, if I focus on trying to vote in someone that stops a presidential agenda or supports it, I think it I think it goes back to something that is an issue in our country, which is how divided we are, how polarized we are. Mm-hmm. And if a president has good ideas that he can't actually make happen because the other part of our politics is trying to create these gridlocks. Um, to stop things. Well, there's no money. Right. Yeah. Right? So it's kind of like, that part really sucks. That's yeah. the part that starts to feel like hopeless again, Absolutely. and it almost sends this podcast back into, man, F voting. You yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and you know what's funny? I, in having this discussion, before, you know, similar discussions, I've often used the example of Carcetti and The Wire. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, I, if my memory serves me correct, I know Carcetti had... Uh, true intentions of making some some critical changes to Baltimore, but was unable because the budget was so screwed up mm-hmm. prior. And then, you know, there was an opportunity to make all the changes that he wanted to, but he had made those promises and sold them to the people, mm-hmm. shook hands, hugged, kissed babies, did all those things necessary mm-hmm. to uh, to get elected. Right. And now, you know, but his intentions were pure. Mm-hmm. The opportunities were, were scarce, mm-hmm. you know, so... And you know what that speaks to is, and that's why I bring this up. That's why I bring up how I feel about Democrats, because as a black person, I think as people of color or for gay people, whatever it is, Democrats have been so welcoming to the intersectionality of the country that they've endeared themselves to these people and have created the idea that as a black person, as a gay person, as a trans person, as a this and this and this, whatever other identity check boxes you can, uh, or, or boxes you can check, that this is the party that you must vote for. And that the reason that you shouldn't vote for the Republican Party is that who you are as an individual, this party will not accept you and their policies will affect you negatively. I don't think that there's evidence for that on a grand scale. And, um, you know, I wish we still had Cortez here so we could talk about that and maybe, um, or, or someone where we could expand on that a little bit. Right. So, but let me just put it in, in this sense of why I'm bringing this up is that I think that for me back in 2016, when Trump won, mm-hmm. 
I felt like it was important for me to start to learn a little bit more about what's going on, because at, at, at that particular time, me being a person, that, as I've said, I would love to see more parties in this country. Uh, I know they exist, but in a sense, they don't, because as Cortez said, and he's right, they get absorbed by either party. If yeah. you're a libertarian, that means you're a the Democrat. Democrat. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you're in the Green Party, you're you're close to the uh, the Democrats. Yeah. Did, did I say that right? No, if you're, right. You're, if you're a libertarian, you're a Republican. No, Is that what I said? No, he said... I think he said both Democrat. I, I thought well, that's no, 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 no. A, a libertarian is pretty much a Republican. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And 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 that's so I, I think I did say Democrat, and that was that was incorrect. And a Green Party person is pretty much a Democrat, Democrat because right. a Green Party is kind of a little bit more further left, very radical ideas, things of that nature. They're accepted into that, right? But it means that some of the things that are really important to that party get absorbed, right? Some of the good ideas get absorbed. But mostly those good ideas get a, get get uh, get suppressed. For example, when, when you bring up Rand Paul, Rand Paul has this incredible budget idea that I would tell people go on YouTube and look up Rand Paul's. I think he calls it the penny plan. Awesome plan. Right. You think the Republican Party gives a damn about Rand Paul's penny plan? Because the Republican Party, no matter what they say, we had the Tea Party and things of that nature. They're big spenders. There's a lot of uh, politicians that are members of the Republican Party who don't believe in that big spending. Right. But every time it comes time to vote for stimulus packages, things of that nature, they vote for it in in a second. You know what I mean? And same with the uh, Democrat Party, where you have members of the Green Party or um, you have uh, AOC, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and... um, uh, Elon Omar, all those kind of figures there. Uh, they now called the squad. That's like the far left part of the Democrat Party. None of their ideas are actually going to go anywhere in that party. Right. Mm-hmm. Because look who their presidential candidate is, is, is Biden, who is he could care less about what they think about how the country should be ran. He's mm-hmm. not going to go to them and be like, OK, what are your guys ideas? How do we get this in here? And the thing is, I'm not a fan of AOC. Right. But. What I support is her right to exist and have a voice in this country. And I think that we need more of that. I'm, I'm OK with a country where I don't, I'm not a socialist. I'm not a communist. I do not believe in their ideology. I don't. I don't think that it's right for this country. But what I do think what this country needs is the good ideas, no matter where they come from, being a part of how we move forward. I believe that, and I and I brought this up, I, I hate when I start to ramble and I feel like that's, no, that's what I'm doing. doing. No, but I, I brought this up because when you said, well, what happens when you don't have the budget? Well, look, man, I was helping, uh, I did some videos for a guy named Joshua Harris who was running for uh, mayor of Baltimore City in 2016 for the Green Party. That's when I started to become more politically aware because he would always say, I'm a fiscal Republican, you know, fiscally, I'm like a Republican, you know, but socially, I'm more of a Democrat. Mm -hmm. And there's also that saying that, like, if you're not. If you're not a Democrat before the age of 30, you have no heart. If you're not a Republican after the age of 30, you have no mind. You know what I mean? And what that speaks to is that. The Republican mindset and ideology is very much fiscal responsibility, 
You know, the Democrat is social responsibility. Why can't we get both? Because when you have pure Democratic rule, you tend to have your books being fucked up. One of the biggest fights, right, that we have right now in this country over the stimulus package is that Nancy Pelosi and many Democrats are trying to get bailouts for their cities where they have failed oh, yeah. to manage the budget, where Republicans are like, our cities do fine. Why should we spend so much money bailing out places like Chicago and L.A. and, and San Francisco that you guys fucked up? You know what I'm saying? Why should the American taxpayer have to pay for how bad you guys balance the books, especially when you've been in these places for so long? It's not like you're going to learn anything from us just bailing you out. So why can't we have. Why can't we infuse this stuff and find out what really works and that be how we move forward and get away from this demagoguery and this foolishness? Because man. this is the thing. Politics is no different from your job. Mm-hmm. You go to job. You have, have you had anybody at your job that's been there for thirty years? They don't work the same way as they did when <laughs> they first started. You know what I'm saying? And it's that's human nature, mm-hmm. and that's who we're putting. Look, I'm, I'm speaking very ignorantly because I'm not as politically informed. I tend to reject it just on the basis of uh, my upbringing, being that I've been instructed to pay back Caesar's things to Caesar, not get involved in these things because, however it plays out, is how it's supposed to play out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, granted, that, that sounds very defeatist to a degree. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm putting my fate in the hands of someone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can live with me putting my own fate in my own hands and screwing it up. Mm-hmm. But, you know, again, when we look at, say, Joe Biden, who has his particular history of being in, in, in politics for 40 years. I mean, what can we expect from a man in his position at this stage of his life? Mm-hmm. Not his stage of his campaigning, his stage of his life. Right. What does he really see and feel right. uh, being in this kind of industry? And I say industry because I feel that there's a protection of his own financial situation mm-hmm. um, and, and for everyone else in that political fraternity. Um, you know, what, what do they really feel about what they have to do with their job? Mm-hmm. I think that's a question to be asked. I have a boss that's retiring this year after being with a... Be, it's about... In, just to say real quick, it's about keeping it yeah. more so than Security. it is doing it. Uh, right. And, and again, that has that doesn't benefit me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I think we have to be weary of that. I, I looked at my boss. She, she's set to retire in, uh, at the end of the year. She's been there for 35 years. Mm-hmm. She's checked out. Mm-hmm. She don't care. Now, she, I, I get, I, I've started to learn her management te- tactics. Don't where, suggest this to anybody that you work with. This, Oh. Because <laughs> or maybe just stop right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my name is not John, by the way. <laughs> Whatever, I think she, I think she would. I think we've we've talked to her about this. We, I, I don't think she would deny this, but you know, um, I, I see her management technique. You know, she would yell and scream, me trying to shape me mm-hmm. to be a better employee mm-hmm. while she's on her way out. Right. You know what I'm saying? But again, I, I liken that to the presidential climate. Especially with the you know people that are elder, uh, you know elder in that in that realm, you know, uh, what is there is this a is this you know uh, a notch under their belt or is it uh, a responsibility they're taking serious seriously right. understanding because that there's a lot at stake right now. See, that is part of the problem that we have for the career politician that running for president and becoming president is in a sense a promotion and an honor uh, and a notch on their belt, a, a, another 
another rung on the ladder that I've made it to in my political career. Mm. More so than there's a lot less, I believe, I could be wrong. I, I can't be in these people's heads. I think there's a lot less of a, I want to be the president because I really think that I could change something. Right. Now, what's interesting that I would that I would say about this country in the last um, 12 years is that... Um, I genuinely believe our last two presidents were two people who ran because they genuinely thought they had good ideas for the country. And I don't think that that's something that we had been experiencing over that previous, you know, well, I I really can't say that because being the the somewhat of a historian I am, I don't know everything. I think. Kennedy was that kind of guy. Mm. I think Reagan was that kind of guy, right? But like when we tend to disagree with what those ideas are, it can make us emotional about that. Right. Because when I say to people that Trump ran because he really thinks, he really thought that he had good ideas for America and he could make America better, and he literally thought he could make America mm. great again, right? People get upset at me. You yeah. know what I mean? But it's like, no, why else? And they're like, no, he did that because it make him money. He did that because it do this. And he did that because and it's like these are all extremely cynical things that yeah. you believe in because his mere name, the the thought of him makes you extremely emotional. Right. But I can I can point people towards I believe there's as many as three videos of him in the past at different decades from like 70s, 80s, 90s, where he's being asked, are you ever going to run for... Back when everybody yeah. loved oh, Trump, yes. because there was a time when everybody loved him, are, are you ever... The same way they ask Mark Cuban all the time, when are you going to run for president? Yeah. You know, because you you sit, you listen to Mark Cuban and you feel like you're hearing a smart guy who has good ideas, who you feel like... Who has money to Who uh, has money, change. exactly. So you're like, you could probably help and you could probably fix some yeah. shit. And people used to ask Trump the same thing. He would say, oh, I really do think I could do good things and I think that I could, I could do this a lot better than <laughs> yeah. anybody else who's been in it and everything like that. But no, I'm not going to do it because it is that and the yeah. other. And he ended up actually doing it. Yeah. And he ended up winning. And Obama is the same. And I think that uh, really, if you if you look at it, you can see the negatives in Obama the same way you could look at it as a negative in, in, in Trump's yeah. motivation. Because it was like Obama thought that he had better ideas than anybody else that came before him. Right. You know what I mean? If that's a negative in Trump, it's a, it's a negative in Obama, it's a negative in anybody. But really? to me, it's what we need. No whether, doubt. Whether it's the energy that we need behind becoming the president, not the energy that Hillary gave or Biden gave that it's my turn. Yeah. It is, I've earned this. Or I know more because I've been in the game. Right. You know and, what I'm saying? But you've played the game. Right. And, and 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 both of those people are the true epitome of playing the political game right, absolutely. versus bringing something to the table that's tangible and that like people get excited about the the excitement for Hillary was beating Trump the citing, the excitement for abiding for Biden is beating Trump mm-hmm. and it, and it, and it, and I think that's what's dangerous about it I think that's the that's the point of this whole conversation this whole podcast that we're having mm-hmm. is that I don't think even either of us think that voting in by in general is bad but just that voting in this country with a particular position 
a narrow-minded position yes. is dangerous. Right. Um, and I think that type of energy, just going into the voting situation with that energy is infectious and dangerous just from the standpoint you're going to get more of the same. You know, I have a, you know, I told you before, I've, I have some friends that are in the law of attraction. Uh, I'm not even sure what you even call that that group. Um, but um, she says she, she was kind of bringing up some some points. Uh, my friend's wife was bringing up some points about how the more we focus on these negative things, the more we're going to see see these uh, manifest before us and mm-hmm. we're going to be desperate. So the desperate out, the outcome is going to be opposite mm-hmm. of what we expect, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I look at the situation with Trump. This is just, this is kind of switching gears a bit, but, um, Trump, you know, well, not just Trump, you know, if you go on YouTube and you, you, you follow any type of political, um, uh, figure, you know, political talking heads, it's always going to be that tug of war. Well, Trump's not racist because, and like I said, I, I find myself, I will admit to this, I find myself siding more with the Trump side. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I do feel just in his nature, uh, he is a guy, if he has an idea, he's going to just do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He's, and I feel that that's the thing about America is where we take so, so long to get things done. Mm-hmm. And I, that's the opposite of what he wants to do. He, mm-hmm. he's, he's very anxious. He wants to do things right away. So I appreciate that. I admire that, mm-hmm. you know, in a, in a lot of ways. I, I feel he's made a Teflon. He's really, he's hard to shoot down. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think just, you know, because we have an emotional rise, we fail to look at some of the, the positive things that may have come out of his, his, uh, camp, uh, his, his regime or what have you. Um, and with that said, you're going to have talking heads that are going to point to that. You're going to have talking heads that are going to point to Biden. You're going to have talking heads that are going to vilify Trump and vice versa. What's true? What's real? How do mm-hmm. we know? It's none of it's true. It's, it's just like, you know, when we have the same thing with the talking heads. Playing. I, that's why I talk to tell people to be very, very careful about what they I, I don't. I told you before. You know. I, you know how much I love basketball. Mm-hmm. I told you I really cut out the ESPN promotion. Yeah. And because I, I strictly watch NBA TV, and I, I do my own eye test. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we will never know until the game is played. So all this talking about what's going to happen mm-hmm. and who's this and who's that, we don't know. Mm-hmm. That's why we watch. And then we never bring up these people's records as if they aren't on record. To as as being wrong, so it's kind of right. like you can be wrong a million times. Charles Barkley said, and still be like you're, a huge. You're never wrong when you're on TV. Million. You're not. You're you're. They get to say in the moment. You know what? A lot of them don't even like address. It's on to the next situation. Right, right. And look, man, I I I I want to say this on that point that, that you just now made, and as as we uh, as we get closer to wrapping this up, right? I want to say this. I can I've had people say to me or, or question me in conversations when we start talking politically. They'll stop me and they'll be like, oh, 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 did you vote for Trump? <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'll be like, no, I didn't. You know, like I said, I was uh, I was uh, Joshua Harris at that time was the Green Party. Hmm. I didn't really believe in Elizabeth Stein because I thought she said some really stupid things when I heard her speak. But I voted for Elizabeth Stein. I didn't want to vote for Hillary. I didn't want to vote for Trump. Right. And I don't plan on voting for Trump this time around. I'm not a Trump voter, Trump supporter. The energy that I get from the fact that Trump is president is that he has he gives me some kind of hope 
that the regular everyday person can do it. That's not totally Absolutely. true no, no. because you need to be wealthy. No you doubt. need to be extremely wealthy because our political system has pretty much made it that way, right. that it is it is so much about how you're funded, that if you don't have the access to that wealth, if you don't have the access to those friends with wealth Absolutely. and power, then you don't have any real shot. But he is a outsider. Yeah. Politically, he's not a politician. That's one of the biggest reasons why yeah. they hate him so much. Yeah. So what I want to see, I don't want there. I don't want to live in a country where just not liking a president can get you impeached. I yeah. want the president to have to actually do something before he can be impeached. It can't just be because what happens is if what happens when it's not Trump, it's a guy that Americans voted in lawfully, dofully. Because we really believe that this person was going to change. What if it's a guy who, or or a woman, right, who wins both the popular vote and takes it from the electoral college because the, the country wants that person, right. and we have a corrupt Congress that just hates that so much that they impeach that person and get them out of of office. We got to be, I think, worried about the precedents that we set in the Trump era, where getting him out. Getting him out of office means that all things are fair game. Right. You know what I mean? That is the problem that I have because, as I've said multiple times, and and why I brought that up, when people say to me, "Damn, do you?" So-? No, I don't. What it is is that it doesn't matter to me what side you're on of the aisle. A lot of these, what matters to me is like policy, things of that nature. I look at that more than I really look at anything. And all I want to do is see a country one day that is not as divided as it is right now. We'll probably never be 100% together, mm-hmm. right? So that good ideas win. That's all I want to see happen. It's not always going to be good good people, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes bad people have good ideas. Mm-hmm. Look to this country as an example. You know, I think the I think there were only, I could be wrong, I, I believe there was only two of the founding fathers of our constitution that created what we live in today that weren't slave owners. So if you say slave owner equals bad, then only two of a bunch of these guys weren't bad people. But you cannot convince me that America in and of itself was a bad idea. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So just kind of like, we need to get to a point where that's what wins, the ideas, not the affirmations the information. Right, absolutely. It's, it's, that might end up being no, that was a, great, <laughs> a part of the title of the no, podcast, man. So, yeah, Cortez, man, he kept it with that. He knocked it out the park. So um, I think at this point, anybody listening should should understand our points, should have learned a lot from Cortez. Um, I think going forward, we'll, whatever we're doing here, we're going to get better at, right? But I, I definitely enjoyed myself. That was very good. I enjoyed it myself. Yeah, for sure. So I hope we had a good conversation that people like listening to and that people will comment on. And uh, you guys will definitely keep hearing from us. This is just the first show. Temple Number 7 is uh, uh, something I have some uh, really grand ideas for because I, I genuinely want to be a part of uh, a movement of an idea-based country where we just have good ideas and we flow and we talk to each other. Mm-hmm. That's all I want. I want us all to talk, yeah. you know, and and be and be accepting of others sharing their opinions yeah. and and things of that nature, right? So we're going to try to peel back the layers on a lot of different things um, 
uh, with that said, uh, uh, going forward, is there anything that you wanted to add as well? Yeah, I, I think that's just, like you said, uh, is the understanding part is the key thing for me. I think that goes back to what we discussed before about social responsibility and mm-hmm. um, even understanding the candidates that we're, we're, we're so... Uh, uh, so hype about, you know, mm. but yeah, the, the, the love and understanding and uh, the wisdom, I think those are the things that we have to start to, uh, to integrate in our personal lives in order to really have any effective change into our, our environment. So the more we touch on those things, the more we present those things to the people and the listeners, I think uh, that's just one step in the right direction for, for all of us. Yeah, for sure, man. I, I definitely agree. So um, thank you, everybody who listened and got through the whole show. Um, really do appreciate it. And you'll be hearing from us for uh, definitely some more. So uh, subscribe and uh, be ready to, to get the uh, to get this on a regular basis. All right. Thanks. Take All care. Right. Peace.